You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. If you have your Bibles, look with me if you would to 1 Peter chapter 1. Welcome to all the folks joining us, Grace Online, wherever you would be around the world. Great to have you stopping in to worship with us this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1. This morning we're continuing the Life God Blesses series as, as we talk about um, how to discover God's blessing in our lives. Now, I asked this question a few weeks ago, and it may be a bit redundant, but I want to ask it again just to make sure we're still all on the same page. How many of you want to experience God's blessing in your life? I think we're all in. Uh, that's, the, that's the position that we want to live. That's a place that we want to live. And as we've discovered in this series, you cannot demand the blessings of God. You discover the blessings of God. You discover the blessings of God as you begin to align your life to God's will, God's way, and God's word. That's where we discover the blessed life. That's where we discover the the favor of God in and for our lives. So we've been talking about these characteristics that we're developing, that we're cultivating in our lives. The last two weeks we've talked about living broken, and we've talked about living a life surrendered. So brokenness and surrender. Today I want to talk with you about a third characteristic that I think is really significant, actually critical, when we begin to think about living in God's blessings, and it's the call to be holy holy God is holy and he's called us to be holy he's called us to live holy now holiness is is not like an easy subject to sell nor is it really popular today in our anything goes culture how many of you know we live in a world where it's like anything goes whatever you want to do it's okay and here's one of the challenges, without being critical, no condemnation this morning, but here's one of the challenges, this anything-goes mentality that's in the world has found its way into the church. And a church where we're called to be holy and to live holy. Yet this is not an easy subject to talk about or, or not a popular subject. You know, holiness is like discussed in theology class, but is it but it's rarely like dinner table conversation. You know, when we think of the concept of holy, you know, obviously there's the Holy Bible, there's Holy Communion, there's the Holy Night that Christ was born. Yet one of the things I've come to discover is that individuals get a little uncomfortable when we begin to talk about living holy, especially when this call to live holy before God begins to conflict with the lives we're living. The tendency is not only do we get uncomfortable, but I've even discovered people get a bit angry. You know, one of the things that I, that I get to do in my job that's just so much fun is I get to confront people. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's not the fun part of my job. Matter of fact, I think if somebody loves confrontation, they need counseling. <laughs> like, you're not healthy. But because of my, my role, my position before God... Uh, my, you know, my greatest ambition is not to make you happy. My greatest ambition is to honor God with my life and how I lead. And because of that, oftentimes I find myself in situations where I get to speak truth. And my goal is never to be condemning. I always want to be full of grace. But the reality is, is when our lives are not lining up with God's Word, there's, there's confrontation that needs to happen. And One of the things I've discovered is people don't like confrontation. And people get angry when we begin to talk about, well, this is God's way and this is how you're living. There's like a disconnect. 
That's why it's a challenge to talk about this, this characteristic. Oh, it's not only that, because, but, but beyond that, I, I think this word holy or be holy is like picked up some excess baggage along the way. Like when you think of holy, like what images come to your mind? What thoughts come to your mind? Now, oftentimes I, as I interact with people, you know, they, they think, uh, you know, holy is like straight-laced, boring people who have no fun in their lives. Or when people think holy, they think of living like some monk-type existence where we go around and we, we hum lowly. <laughs> Keep our nose stuck in the Bible. We have no fun. I think this word holy has kind of got a bad rap. And in that, oftentimes we're not real responsive when we talk about being holy. I, I, I remember when I was at, um, about 12, 13 in my young teen years, I grew up in the hills of Arkansas in a little rural community, isolated, uh, not a lot of kids. So again, I'm, think about this, I'm a middle school boy. And there was a family that moved into our community, the Box family, and they had six teenage girls. We thought heaven had happened in the hills of Arkansas. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We just thought, wow, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen. And then I came to realize that this family, with all of these girls, they were a bit odd. They were odd in that they, they, their hair was really long. No makeup, no jewelry. Always wore dresses. Even when we went to the swimming hole, they, store, they still wore their dress. And I thought, that's kind of odd. Swimming in the dress? And so I one day just asked them, like, why do you not cut your hair? Why do you always wear a dress? Why no makeup or, or jewelry? And they said, well, we're holy. Yet there was, there was a disconnect. See, holiness is, not, holiness is not about appearance. It's not about how we look on the outside. Holiness is really a heart issue. It's about the choices we're making on a day-to-day basis. It's about, it's about how we're living our lives. It's about the actions of our lives. You know, this biblical concept of holiness carries with it, carries with it this sense of belonging to God. Like, much like a mother might say, these children are mine... So God, has, called, so God has, has saved us and called us His own. Like God says that you are mine. Now, it's interesting, if you look to the Old Testament, there was, out of all of the nations of the world, out of all of the people groups, God chose one group. You know who they were? The Israelites, right? He chose one group of people. And, and he set them apart. He says, you are my own. Matter of fact, listen to this. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. God said, I, the Lord, am holy and I've separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. So God said to the Israelites. And then in the New Testament, God has set apart a body comprised of both Jew and Gentile. And he's called us out. Remember, the Greek word for church is ekklesia. And the word ekklesia means a called out body. So when you think of the church, when you look to the church, the church is not a building. The church is not an institution. The church is people. Matter of fact, look around you. Go ahead, look around you. Look around you. What are you looking at? You're looking at the church. So we're a called out people, called to be separate from. Called to be different from. Different from what? Different from the world. 
called to be separate from the world. So what's clearly defined in the Scripture is that God is holy and He's called us to live holy lives that bring honor to Him. Although we live in the world, we're not to be of the world. Now, none of us are sinless. I think we realize that this morning. Would you agree with that? None of us are sinless. As a matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, you're just an old sinner. Go ahead and tell them. Because it's true. Now, praise God, we've been saved by His grace. We're all in process. Paul would call us saints. But none of us are sinless. There was only one who was sinless. That's Jesus Christ. So we are not sinless, but because of the wonder of God's grace to us, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, we should be sinning less. And that's the process of living holy. We're not sinless, and we understand that, but we are to be sinning less as we're in the process of becoming more like Christ. And it's through holiness that we discover God's blessing. Now the good news for us is that the way of holiness has been provided through Jesus Christ. We've been saved from the power and the penalty of sin and we've been made righteous. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, that God made Him, being Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in Him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Or that we might be holy. So if you can think of it like this, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then positionally speaking, you are holy. You are righteous. What? Through the provision of Jesus Christ. So positionally, we're holy. Now practically, we have to walk that out. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I'm sorry. If it doesn't, I'll say it again. Positionally, through the provision of Christ, we're made right. We're made holy. But now, we're called to live this out. To live it out where? In our, in our daily choices, in our daily actions. The flesh out to live holy. See, as a photograph, I was thinking about this, as a photograph is an image of an object, so our lives are intended to portray the image of God. People are supposed to be able to look at Christians and see what God looks like. Why? Because we are different from. We're set apart. We're called, we're called to live holy. So, so what does the word holy mean? I think this is in your notes. I mean, the word holy comes from the root word that means to cut or to separate. It means to, to set apart, to be distinct, to be different. It's to be close to God, to be like Him, and to seek His presence, His righteousness, and fellowship with all of our hearts. It, it, it's, to choose, it's to choose to follow His ways. To be holy is choosing to align our lives to His Word. To be holy is embracing the refining work of the Holy Spirit. Now Peter, here in the book of 1 Peter, challenges us. And, and this is a pretty heavy passage of Scripture. Pretty heavy as we think about taking this and actually living it out. As Peter here is talking about how God's called us to live holy, to be holy. So let's read a few verses. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. In other words, don't be out of control. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And as obedient children, do not conform or do not be shaped to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who has called you is holy, so be 
holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. There's a few things that Peter makes really clear here in this passage of Scripture. The, the first is that we have to prepare our minds for action. If we're going to move toward holy living, we have to engage our brains in the process. The second thing that's really clear here is he says that God is, is holy. Now this is not a new concept that Peter's introducing. Matter of fact, throughout the whole of Scripture, we, we discover this attribute of God being holiness. God is holy. Matter of fact, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah uh, has this vision, this revelation of God. It's recorded in Isaiah chapter 6. And in this revelation, in this vision, he, he sees the throne room and there's angels who are surrounding the throne. And you know what? They're crying out endlessly. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as I read that passage of Scripture, this is kind of the image I have in my mind. The angels, they, 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 they look at God and they say, Whoa, holy, 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 as they're bowing before Him. And then they, they, they get another glimpse of who God is. And again, it's holy, holy, holy. So, so Peter would clearly declare here, well, again, what's been established throughout Scripture is that our God, the God we serve, is a holy God without sin. And then Peter goes on to say something pretty challenging. And the challenge is, is, is this. He says, not only is God holy, but He's called you and I to be holy. Or He's charged us. Let me use a little stronger word. And that we are charged to live our lives holy. Now, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I've, been, I've been following Christ now for 48 years. And trying to walk this out. And I would say it's a challenge to live holy. Um, you may think I'm doing a pretty good job of it, but I live with myself all the time and I know the reality. It's a challenge. And so I, I want to spend some time here this morning talking about the challenge of the call for us to, to live our lives holy. I think first we need to understand that as Christ followers, we're in a constant struggle so let's just be real about you know we can come and put our church face on and look all churchy and holy and right uh and oftentimes we're not honest so let's be honest this morning it is a challenge for us to live holy it is an ongoing so 24 7 but it, it's it's an ongoing struggle that's why peter here in first peter beginning in verse 13 peter's almost like as i read this it's peter's almost like the coach before the big game any of you play sports, high school sports, or maybe college sports? Before the big game, what, what would the coach do? He would come into the locker room before you go out on the court or before you go out on the field. The coach would come in and he would give the motivational speech. Like to hype you up, to, to, to get you ready so that you're engaged, ready to go out and compete. It's almost like Peter's doing the same thing here. He's saying, hey, prepare your minds for action. In other words, be aware, be alert. He said, hey, be self-controlled. Don't allow yourself to be out of control and that your desires are calling the shots in your life. No, he says, be controlled, be self-controlled. Then he goes on to say, hey, and don't forget, set your mind on eternity. In other words, don't just live for today. Don't get caught up in just gratifying your flesh and the decisions of this day. He says, no, think about eternity because your choices really matter. Your decisions, your actions today really matter because it's shaping eternity. 
Peter says, live with eternity in mind. And then, then he goes on to say, hey, don't, don't be conformed, don't be shaped by your evil desires. He's given us like this little pep talk here. Why? Because we're in this, we're in this constant struggle. Now, now the source of the struggle as we're called to live holy predominantly comes from two places. The source of our struggle as we're called to live holy comes from two places. I, I say it like this, Satan himself. Satan himself. There's other issues, but predominantly the struggle is what? We have an adversary and we have to live with ourselves. Listen, if you could get away from yourself, you'd do really well, but you can't. So we have Satan himself. Now if you were to look on over in 1 Peter to chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter says this, Be self-controlled and alert, for your adversary is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. And then Jesus Himself in John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Really simple. What does your adversary Satan want to do? He wants to limit your life. How does He limit your life? He gets you stuck in sin. He gets you moving away from holiness rather than moving to holiness. Isaiah 59.1 and 2 says the the hands of the Lord are, are... let me back up. Let me just look it up. What did I say it was that? For real, what did I say? I'm sorry. My... Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Listen to this. Surely the arm of the Lord's not too short to save, nor is ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. And the challenge is this. If the enemy, if the adversary of our souls can get us stuck in sin, then He limits and restricts our lives. He keeps us from the very blessing that God would want to bring for our lives. Why? Because we're, we're moving away from holiness. So what, what, does, what does the enemy want to do? He wants to deceive. He wants to mislead. He wants to tempt you in such a way that you get stuck in sin. Hey, here's a, here's a second reason I think we have so, such of a struggle. And, and it's, it's self. The reality that, that we have this sinful nature and oftentimes the sinful nature conflicts with the desires of the Spirit. In other words, what we, what we want to do, we don't do. That's how Paul says it. Speaking, of, The Apostle Paul, get this, speaking of his own life in Romans chapter 7, he says, the very things that I want to do, I don't do. Hey, the reality for all of us, I believe this morning, I mean, you want to do good. You want to be gracious. You want to be kind. You want to be forgiving. You want to be right and righteous. But the challenge is oftentimes the things, the, the things of our selfish nature overrides this call to holiness. There's this, there's this struggle that's happening with, within us. And, and that's why Peter would talk about being self-controlled. And that, and that we're ruling over self rather than allowing self to rule over us. But, but I think the first thing we need to understand is, as, as we're called to live holy, just to be honest, to say, wow, this is a struggle. At times we're challenged. Listen, whoever told you that following Jesus was easy wasn't right. 
Is it good? Is it right? Absolutely. Is it easy? Not always. Sometimes you have to make a difficult decision that says, no, I'm not going to follow that crowd. No, I'm not going to do what they're doing. No, I'm not going to go that way. Why? Because we're different from. We're called out. We're, we're, we're called to, to live our lives holy. The second thing we see here is that we're called to rule over sin rather than allowing sin to rule over us. So we're not going to allow sin to call the shots in our lives. Why? Because we're called to live holy. If you look back to verse 14, Peter wrote, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, Peter's saying, hey, before you came to know Christ as your Savior, hey, you were living like a wild individual. You, you had a different agenda. You had a different master. Matter of fact, you were the master of your life. But he's saying, hey, now you have a new master and you have a different agenda. Don't, don't conform. Don't go back and do what you used to do. Don't be shaped by that. So what's he saying? He's saying rule over sin rather than allowing sin to rule over you. So what is sin? Sin is missing the mark. Sin is, sin is, is choosing to do wrong instead of do right. Sin is action or behavior that's opposite of God's Word and God's way. Sin can manifest itself in a lot of different ways, but ultimately sin is this. It's rebellion against God. So we're going to rule over sin rather than allowing sin to rule over us. It was an interesting story. You can check this out later. In Genesis chapter 4, there's a story about two brothers, Cain and Abel. And they're bringing their offering, their sacrifices to God. And Cain brought an offering from the fruit of the ground. He was like a farmer. So he brings the fruit of the ground. Abel, who's a shepherd, brings... Um, brings a lamb. In other words, there's the shedding of blood. And then Scripture says that God receives Abel's sacrifice, but He rejects Cain's sacrifice because there was not the shedding of blood. And Cain is upset. He's, he's angry. And I want to just read one verse. Listen to what God says to Cain. Genesis chapter 4. Why are you angry? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right... Sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must master it. Cain didn't master it and he murdered his brother. But I would say to you this morning, what was true for Cain is true for all of us. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to rule you. And you have to master it. In other words, we have to be self-controlled. We have to be willing to, to, to say, no, I, again, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go that way. You know, it's interesting that the evangelical world today has managed to redefine sin. We've come to view it as normal and acceptable behavior. Something perhaps to be tamed or controlled, but not to be eradicated. So rather than, again, I'm not talking about folks outside of the church people far from God. I mean, we would expect them to live unholy, right? They don't know God. So we're not talking about those folks. Today, we're talking about the folks in here. I'm about the church, even folks from Grace Covenant. Here's the challenge today. Rather than raising our lives to God's standard, we've tried to lower God to our standard. Rather than humbly repenting of sin, we've tried to justify sin. 
rather than confronting sin in our own lives, we entertain it in the church. Here's just a few examples, and, and I could go on and on. And I'm not saying any of this this morning to be condemning in any way, so I hope you don't hear it as that or receive it as that. But we, one, one of my concerns with the church today is we've come to a place of compromise, what we call wrong, right, where we allow sin to rule over us rather than ruling sin. And we wonder, why are we not experiencing God's best? Why are we not experiencing God's blessing? <laughs> For example, Christians turn stories and twist stories. and We don't call it a lie because that's too strong. We call it a white lie. What's a white lie? We feel better, though, about it. You know, just a little white lie. But it's still untruth, is it not? And we try to justify the behavior because we want to position ourselves in some better way. We, we worship money and material possessions. And, and, and you know, we, to justify it, we call it good stewardship. When really we can allow money and stuff to be the Lord of our lives. God calls it sin, but we call it, well, it's good stewardship. I'm planning well. And we feel better when we say it that way. In the church, we, we have adultery. And we don't call it adultery because that's really a, boy, that's a tough word. We don't like that word. So we come up with another word and we call it cohabitation. It really sounds better. I mean, my goodness, who wouldn't test drive a car before you bought it? We justify it because it's what we want but it's the opposite of what God's Word says. I could, I could go on and on with, with different illustrations of, of how we deal with this. But the challenge is, is we've come to a place of compromise in the church today where we allow sin to rule over us rather than us ruling over sin. And again, we, what, we find ourselves limited. We, we've, we wonder, God, why aren't you blessing? And God says, why don't you deal with the sin in your life? Why don't you deal with the sin in the church? Man, it got really quiet, didn't it? See, this is why we don't like to talk about holiness. This is why there's not a lot of sermons preached on holiness. Because it gets right down to where we're at and how we live and the choices that we're making. To live holy, this call to live holy means we're ruling over sin rather than allowing sin to, to rule over us. And then if you look on to verse 16, Peter makes it really clear that we're called to be holy as God is holy. God's goal in saving us was not just to make our few years on planet Earth easier and more enjoyable. God had a greater plan, a greater purpose in saving us. And it, it would insist that we might glorify Him forever. 
that we might honor Him in our lives and with our lives, that we might bring pleasure to Him, that we might enjoy relationship, intimate fellowship with Him. That's why God created us. Matter of fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, makes this statement. He says that we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be, get this, holy and blameless. And God chose us in Christ to be what? To be holy and to be blameless. So we, we're, called, we're called to be holy and, and to live holy. So how can we get there? What's the pathway? Let me leave you this morning really quick with four statements. What I call the pathway to holiness. And then the worship team is going to come back and we're going to worship some more this morning. But how, how can we live holy? Because again, positionally... Through the provision of the cross, we are holy, yet practically we're trying to walk this out. And that's the challenge. So the pathway to I, I think first, if we're going to go down the pathway of holiness, we need routine repentance. And I know I talk about this all the time. Let me tell you why I talk about it all the time. Because we mess up all the time. Really simple. And I, I'm speaking first to myself. Listen, built into my life is routine repentance. You may think I'm doing pretty good, but I'll live with me every day and I, I know where I'm at. I'm, I'm walking this out, but I don't get it right all the time. I'm not sinless. So what do I, what do I need? Routine repentance. Now, repentance is more than confession. Repentance is more than just saying, I was wrong. Repentance is more than saying, I missed it. Repentance is, confession's part of it. There's the owning of the wrong but repentance actually means to make a U-turn. And then I'm going in the, okay, I, I acknowledge my wrong. God, I need grace and mercy in this. Okay, I'm turning and I'm going in the other direction. If you consistently, continually do that, can I tell you what's going to happen? You're going to go down the pathway of holiness. Holy is going to happen in your life. Why? Because of routine repentance. You're making course corrections. I think secondly, as we're going down this pathway of holiness, we need to live the Word. Live the Word. Not just read the Word. Not just hear the Word. I'm glad you're here this morning hearing the Word. But more than hearing the Word, you need to live the Word. James 1.22 says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be what? Doers. So we're doing the Word. We're, we're living the Word. And as you're living the Word, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself living holy. Why? Because you're taking God's Word and you're putting it to work in your life and it's taking you down this pathway called holy living. And as you're going down the pathway of holy living, let me tell you what you're going to discover. You're going to discover the blessing of God. Because where does it come? It comes to individuals who realize that they're called to be different from. Different from the world. I think thirdly, the pathway to holiness also in, involves embracing the refining of the Holy Spirit. You know, In John 16, verse 13, Jesus said this. He says, when He comes, the Spirit of truth, He will guide you into all truth. You know, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict us, to train us, to coach us, what? To be holy, to become more like Christ. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. But listen, you have to be willing to embrace the training of the Holy Spirit. 
the convicting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts and you say, no, I think I'm going to keep living in sin. No, I think I'm going to keep going my own way. Then what? You've just rejected the refining of the Holy Spirit. So we want to embrace the refining of the, of the Holy Spirit as we're moving toward holiness. I think, fourthly, the pathway to holiness also means that we choose God's way over the world's way. See, every day, every day, we have a choice to make. Every day. This is like every day living out the faith. Well, you have a choice to make. What's the choice? Am I going to go the world's way or am I going to go God's way? If you cho- Listen, if you choose to go the world's way, then you're moving away from holiness. If you choose to go God's way, then you're moving toward holiness. Every day. You've got a choice to make. God's way or the world's way. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, listen to what John wrote. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful men, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So we're called, if you're a Christ follower, if you would acknowledge Jesus as your Savior this morning, then hear me, you're called... To live holy. God desires that we live holy. The way to a blessed life is through holiness. But again, for each of us, we have a choice to make every day. Tomorrow you're going to have to make a choice. Several times, probably in the day. Tuesday you're going to have to do it again. Wednesday you're going to have to do it again. I'm going God's way, not the world's way. You've heard me say this before, but for me, I'm really simple and I have to keep things really simple. Here's the statement. If you want God's best, you have to go God's way. Want God's best. Listen, you, you can't go your own way and get God's best. Want God's best? How do you get that? You go God's way. What's God's way? God is holy. And He's called us to live holy. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank You this morning for Your grace and Your provision. God, I thank You that You've called us to be holy as you're holy and then you've provided the way. Through the gift of your Son, through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In other words, this is not just work harder. This is not like more rules and regulation. No, God, you're inviting us into deeper relationship with you. And it's down this path called holiness. Holy living. And Lord, what I know... For all of us in the room today, because I think everybody here is like me. Lord, it's, there's this ongoing struggle. Lord, we have the temptation of the enemy. We, we have the struggle with our flesh. Holy Spirit, help us to know that greater is the one that's in us than he that's of the world. And Holy Spirit, help us to live our lives self-controlled, not out of control. But what I know is is if we're going to live holy as you've called us to live holy, we need help. So we invite that this morning. With every head bowed and eye closed, quick question for you. If you're here today and you would just say, Holy Spirit, I invite you 
to continue to refine in my life so that I might be holy, that I might live holy. If that's you this morning, really quick, just raise your hand. And it's, just, it's simply a statement saying, God, here I am. I'm a candidate. I want to be holy. I want to live holy. Help me, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my friends this morning. God, we recognize today that we need help. God, we, we acknowledge that you are holy and you called us to be holy, to be separate from. And we recognize today we need help. So Holy Spirit, as hands are lifted, we're saying we want to embrace your refining. We want to embrace your help. Holy Spirit, as you're making us more like Christ, as you're helping us to walk out holiness. Lord, in that I believe we discover your blessing as we go your way. So Holy Spirit, help us to walk this out, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.